Hey, welcome back to Frisky Heroes. Today we have a great guest, Lakila Badeau from Tornado Alley Youth Service Center in Paducah Tillman. She's helping students overcome obstacles in their lives, just like she has in hers, to become successful adults. This is Lakila's story. She is a Frisky Hero. All right, Lakila, thank you for being here today on uh, Frisky Heroes. And uh, can you tell the people a little bit about you, where you're from, and uh, what schools you work for? Yes, first off, thank you, Mike, for having me on the show. And just thank you for being a Frisk supporter. We appreciate you. Well, thank you. I'm really from a super small town in southeast Missouri. And uh, the current population is 1,300. And, and I tell people, I don't know if people aren't being born or if they're not dying because it's still 1,300 people. <laughs> it stays um, right there. Yes, 1,300 people. Ended up in Kentucky by way of Murray State University. I'm the oldest of seven. So it was a last minute decision because my dad thought the HBCU that I was interested in attending was too far away. And if something were to happen, he couldn't get to me fast enough. So ended up in Kentucky because of college. And honestly, I thought after graduation, I was gonna be working alongside the late and great Stuart Scott. Uh, but got married, ended up staying in Kentucky, and eventually moved into Paducah because we commuted to a church here while we were in grad school. So we would, you know, drive from Murray to Paducah. So fast forward, we've been here for over 13 years. It's either to, I stopped counting. I stopped. <laughs> it's been a while. We've been here for a while. And, um, you know, we have a local station applied there specifically for a sports position. That didn't happen, but, you know, everything happens for a reason. So one of the members of the church were like, this, this, there's an opening at Paducah Tillman. And, man, I think you'll be great for it. And I looked at her. I was like, I am not trying to be in the classroom, in anybody's school. Because I actually started out as an education major. And we had the, the visit to the school. I can't remember what it was called, observation or something. Mm -hmm. This kid shot out the classroom. The teacher could not find him. And I was like, oh, is this what teachers do? Oh, no, this is not for me. <laughs> this is not for me. <laughs> and I changed my major. There was a little bit more to the story and, and why I chose journalism. Um, but anyway, uh, you know, you, you have your plans, but God then has his. And so- Absolutely. I have been at Paducah Tillman for 12 years as the Youth Service Center Coordinator. I've been with Tornado Alley for 12 years. However, I started out as the program assistant for three years. Um, and it's amazing. It's amazing. I get to empower students and families by removing some of those same non-academic barriers I faced as a child. And so, you know, we go through things in life. You know, you know, whether that's being raised in a single parent home, not having those basic necessities, and you're like, why me? Well, it had to be you. Whatever you're going through, it's, it's for a reason. And it may not make sense until five years down the road, <laughs> but I had to go through what I went through as a child. And, and whenever I get an opportunity to share, I, I cannot uh, not mention, you know, bullying. We didn't have the social media. This was a face-to-face, -face, like, because I wore these huge big red glasses and no that was not cool in the 80s 
that was, was that was just a, a, a red yeah. flag running around. Look at me, yeah, right? It yeah. was so not cool. Um, so so those glasses I tell people made my life a you know what. <laughs> but once again, you know, as the coordinator of the youth service center, being in the Frisk family, all of that, the the bullying, the once again not having those basic necessities, being raised in that single parent home. I'm able to truly be authentic, help those students when they come in with those issues and they look at me like, how do you even know, you know, what your grandmother is going to say or do? And I'm like, well, because I was raised by my grandmother. They look at us now and, and that's why I tell them, you can't judge a book by its cover. You never know what a person has gone through. So I'm just grateful to once again have that opportunity to empower students and families and remove those non-academic barriers and, and share my life stories in hopes of helping the next student, the next family break those generational cycles. So um, it's a blessing to be in, once again, the Frisk family and get paid to help people. We get paid to empower and help people. It, that's, it, that's, that's not too bad. It's pretty, it? pretty cool. Pretty amazing. Yes. Pretty cool. <laughs> yes. Let me ask you, uh, just kind of came to mind is, do you see a difference kind of interacting with people, your families that you're helping, uh, not from someone, it, there's a lot of pride that goes in to the, the families, you know, like I, to actually say, hey, I need help. That takes a lot of overcoming pride and, and dignity and, and, and you know, it, it can be, they can kind of look at you as, well, I don't want to have to ask for this, but I'm getting it from you and it embarrasses me. But do you think there's a connection there to where you know, where you can say, yeah, I've been there and they understand, okay, you've been exactly where I was, you know, this many years ago. So there's that more kind of a deeper connection than just someone saying, Hey, here's, here's, you know, here's some help. You got it. You got it. It's all about once again, building those relationships. And in order to build those relationships, you have to have the trust of not only the students, but the families. And when they see you being your authentic self and being transparent, that is when they're just like calling you every other day, right? Um, but, you know, in the beginning, you'll have that wall up and it's like, well, I don't like handouts and I don't, and I'm listening because I'm like, I know where you're going. You know, I used to be there. I have family members who are still there. But of course, I'm not saying this. I'm listening because that's important to actively listen. And so then once they finish talking and I start sharing my story, they're like, well, you get it. Yes. And I mean, <laughs> everything changes. I'm just like, trust me. And then once again, that is when they realize that you are an advocate, you have their best interest in mind and that, you know what? Yes, please put the pride to the side. I get it. And what we do in Tornado Alley, and I tell some of the students, I'm like, you guys are too young to know anything about Vegas, hopefully, you know, and these are high school students. But I was like, there's this saying, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. I was like, what happens in Tornado Alley stays in Tornado Alley. So um, you're exactly right. When you share your story, that's when they open up, they put the prod to the side, and you're able to truly make a difference a difference and build those relationships. Yeah, I, I, you know, we do a, a lot of volunteer and uh, around here and with our church and different things. And there's a there's such a big difference between just, you know, say you drop off some boxes to people you don't know versus, Hey, we're going to come and we're going to really lock arms with you and we're going to do this together. And I think exactly. that that is a huge difference that people know they feel and they really respond to, like you're saying. Absolutely. All right. So we're going to jump into the five questions. Okay. 
and uh, just whatever comes to your mind, whatever the first first things are, uh, I'd like to hear. Just like to know a little bit more about you and kind of show people uh, just your personality. So, okay. what what is your favorite movie? Honestly, I don't have a favorite movie. Not a really big movie person or TV person. However, if I had to choose a movie, it would be Love and Basketball. I love sports and the that main female actor, Sanaya Latham. I just think she's awesome. So I would say Love and Basketball. Excellent. What's the last book that you read? It could be anything. Instinct by T.D. Jakes. Okay. I know you're like, what in the world? <laughs> oh, no. I know, I know who he is. Okay. Uh, favorite hobby? Favorite hobby, sports, pre-COVID, basketball. That, no doubt. There's no, uh, there's no yeah. thinking about that one, huh? Right. <laughs> what would, uh, if you could do, if you had the day off, had no responsibilities, someone had your kids, uh, and you said, all right, you, from the time you got up, it's your day, whatever you want to do, what would that, what would that look like? So pre-COVID, I just have to put that disclaimer out. Oh, yeah. Before I think we're not being leaders. <laughs> so pre-COVID, a spa day, like maybe, a, you know, a nice massage, pedicure, manicure. And if I lived near a beach, or hopefully this day was near a beach. I didn't, you can start it wherever you want to. Yeah. So, yes, I would be on the beach relaxing all day. And it will be a spa day and I will be off mommy duties, no cooking, no work. It would just be a self care day. That is what I would do on my free day. Yeah. I'd say, I'd say you have a lot of people saying, <laughs> yes, me too. Right now. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. I'll take, the, I'll take the beach too. Yes. Yes. So if that the day after this spa day, you were, you become queen for the day. Whatever you say goes for the day. Uh, what would one law that you would enact? What one, one thing you say, we have to do this. Everyone has to do this. What would that be? Woo. Oh my goodness. That's a tough question. So this may not really answer it, but if I could implement a law, it wouldn't really be telling everyone what they needed to do, but I would erase poverty for the day. So everyone would truly be equal. They would have the basic needs. They will have everything that they needed to be successful on that day. And once again, there, there wouldn't be no socioeconomic classes, no race issues, no gender issues. So everyone would be equal and there would be no poverty for a day. And so um, as a result, because of that law, I think you'll see less crime. You'll see more empathy you'll see people being kind and just living and minding their business because <laughs> that'd have, be so weird <laughs> they have what they need so you don't need to be hating on the next person or be trying you don't need to try to keep up with the joneses so to speak because you're all equal you have what you need there's no color once again no gender, all that. So I think that would be a beautiful day. Would it be weird? Absolutely. Because people would be like, oh, this is so out of my comfort zone. Take us back. Um, but that's what I would do. Erase uh, no poverty for the day and everyone would be equal. Yeah. That, that would be a, a great day. Uh, I, I know we're getting close to, uh, you know, going backwards a little bit with, with the COVID situation. 
and they've even pushed you talked about sports and basketball and they've pushed uh winter sports back uh at least yes. to january Correct. so as i know you were, you're from uh you're working in paducah tillman which is a, yes. a football powerhouse across the state and yes. when i'm in bowling green which bowling green and now south warren are and mm-hmm. but every, everyone has you know uh football's huge in, in every town right. and basketball is as well right. how how is this uh the quarantine and limiting sports and these things, how, how are your students handling that? It's tough for them because most of them sports, those extracurricular activities, that is their outlet. That is their escape, so to speak. So they've been down. However, you know, with them being of age and being teenagers, they understand the, the seriousness of, of the situation and how, yes, we know you want to, play in that championship game. You want to have the playoff games. And, but at the end of the day, it's about being safe. And, you know, us as coaches, educators, first coordinators, it's our responsibility to ensure that you're not only successful, but you're safe. And so although, you know, their heads are down and of course everyone's virtual at the moment, but before we implemented, you know, the virtual, everyone being virtual, definitely heads down, uh, you know, coaches are like, really, we worked so hard. And if they had a wand, they would totally, totally be waving it right now. And just everything would disappear as far as COVID is concerned and they can continue on. So everyone's just a little bit down, but understanding. So it seems like the, the children and, and, you, and the administrators, you all are understanding, how are the parents taking it? Well, <laughs> you have some parents that are like, get them out of my house already. <laughs> Not only, you know, are they, you know, eating up everything or sports was once again, say maybe their therapy, their outlet. And so they're seeing the whole mental issues arise, right? And, you know, students feeling depressed. And now you have parents who don't have the tools needed to deal with that situation. Um, but luckily you have Frisk that will come to the rescue and help educate you on you know, the different resources available. So parents, once again, they, they are, some are sad, some are depressed, and some are just like, I don't know what to do. I just don't know what to do. So you just have a range of emotions. Um, it's not just one, it's, it's just a, a range of emotions as far as, you know, not being able to do sports, not being able to see their child who was nominated to the, the homecoming courts. It's, it's their senior year. It's their first child, their only child. So just emotions all over the place. And I feel for them. I feel for them. But we'll get through it. Yes, we will. Let, let's kind of go back to the beginning of the, the situation we're in now. How was – March 13th for you, how was the transition from everyday school to really lockdown and then into the summer, which is obviously a different summer than we've ever seen? So, of course, when it first happened and they mentioned, you know, oh, we'll be out for next week. You know, people are like, okay, that's a nice break. You know, this is different. We're going to extend spring break. But then as the curtains continue to open, (laughs) it was like, well, I think this is going to be a, a situation that's here to stay for a couple months. 
And of course, we as Frisk, we were putting out fires and handling crisis situations pre-COVID. So for us, it was like, all right, let's go get that cape out the closet. Let's do this. And then we get people. Because the gas is coming on that fire, right? right. (laughs) It's like, go put on your suit. Let's go. And we had people, you know, reminding us, okay, you have a family too. So be safe. Because we're just like, we're getting calls, food, utilities. And we're like, all right. You know, running around, driving around town, dropping boxes on porches, of, co- of course, practicing the whole social distancing. So for us, it was, what is it, fight or flight? Is that the yep. mode, I think? So I think for Frisk, it was like, once again, let's put on that cape, make it happen. So for other educators and teachers, it was kind of like, oh my goodness, I didn't know that this was an issue or we had this many students in this situation or, you know, poverty, or we didn't know that these basic needs weren't being met because how it works as a frisk center or youth service center, we take a lot of the load off of admin and teachers, right? So all they do is simply refer them to our office. And so when they call and send that student down or refer that family or transfer that call, it stops right there for them. So it's easy breezy. And so we take on all of that. So fast forward, middle of a pandemic, you have people blowing up the leadership team phone number, uh, you know, emailing teachers, um, emailing principals, calling principals. And they're like, is this really a thing? And we're like, yeah, that's uh, been a thing for about seven years now. (laughs) (laughs) Every day. Yeah. So having to, to bring them up to speed, how to handle certain crisis situations that they are maybe not wired to handle. You know, it takes a a special person, type of person to do what we do. And I'm not bragging. I'm just saying that's that's just facts. And so a lot of our staff aren't wired to handle crisis situations. They're not used to viewing students and families issues from their specific lens because they've never had to worry about food or they were raised in a two-parent home maybe it wasn't um you know everybody has some type of dysfunction but they were just it was eye-opening for them so hopefully i answered your question but it was it started out for them oh it's a nice little break but then it was like oh my gosh we have to teach virtually and then take care of our families and still expect our students to perform and learn so it was a huge learning curve for most certified staff however us first like i said we just put on that special cape and made it happen made it happen Oh, there's, there's no doubt. Definitely a, a special <laughs> type of person has yes. to be able to do this because it is a, just, just the stress. And like you said, everything's changing daily. Even before we were in COVID, I mean, it was exactly. a, it was just, it was truly just, you know, putting out fires where you go. Exactly. You know, something about the kids, uh, I posted something in, in uh, the Cyber Safety Nation group a couple of days ago, or maybe it was my personal page. I can't remember, mm-hmm. but I was talking to my wife about it and my wife's, uh, uh, a nurse practitioner, nurse practitioner, and mm-hmm. deals a lot with kids. And she was talking about how so many kids are now you turned into instant college freshmen. So when you 
when you turn when you make that transition to college all of a sudden you're kind of on your own you don't have you don't your professors aren't sitting there you got to have this done in two days you got to have it done you know it's you turn it in you don't we don't care we'll fail you if you don't yes. and you know you're asking 12 year olds 13 year olds or even younger even high school kids to now be independent learners and independent be able to do everything on their own really through through virtual and i i remember my freshman year <laughs> yeah. I didn't, I did not do so well my freshman right. year in, in, in the classroom. I had a lot of fun in right. college, but not, right. I didn't do so well in the classroom. So, you know, just, just the grace to be able to give these kids to go, you know what, you, you know, we're putting the expectations of you on something that we couldn't do as 18 year olds, 19 year olds, 20 year olds. Exactly. And you got to have that kind of, I think with the, for these kids, you got to have that eyes, the, it's the eyes to say they're doing way more the, or made way better than we would have been probably yes absolutely and that's a good way to put it and once again we as frisk you know people think of us as always helping the needy so to speak but we have several components and one of those components is the college and career component when it comes to the youth service center and that is what we do we help them prepare for that transition into adulthood, you know, so that they can be an effective freshman and understand the importance of, yes, social life is important and that's great in the extracurricular activities. However, time management is coming in. You know, you're going to be independent. You're not going to have someone waking you up or your teachers calling you asking why you're not showing up for class or why you didn't complete that assignment. They're just going to simply fail you. Right. And so once again, as you stated, they are pretty much college freshmen. And as we know, most college freshmen, I don't know the percentage, but I was just speaking to someone in the higher education field and they were saying how they see so many freshmen just not prepared, just simply not prepared. But I think that's because we don't have that. Yes, we have our Frisk and our youth service centers, but we really don't have a curriculum to teach them those life skills of time management and you know communication and, and that so hopefully maybe once surveys are put out and the deep debriefing happens they will go and implement something um something to help with that and once again we as youth service centers we're doing the best that we know how but we're just one center and so i think this is something that's probably needed across the country honestly uh, in every high school when it comes to time management because it's just going to make them more productive citizens at the end of the day i know people who are listening can't hear this but this is my time management right here i've been i've learned to uh of course that one's a blank I haven't got to that yes. part of the book yet but mm -hmm. uh your time management is such a huge skill that we yes. don't really even talk about up until you know i didn't even hear about this this uh and what this is basically is the short version is you basically plan out everything. So if you have a project due or like if we're going to, if I'm going to do this, I'll have, you know, this time there and this time is, is the, uh, where we record it. And this time is scheduled, you know, to do the editing of it. And, uh, so everything, you, everything I do is, is laid out in, in blocks of time. And really there's, I'm mid forties, late forties when I'm learning this which mm -hmm. have been so helpful <laughs> when I was in, in high school or something to be able to learn, yes. learn this stuff. So how do you kind of help kids learn 
about time management? So I sponsor two mentoring groups um, through Tornado Value Services Center. And so we do a lot of vision board planning. We talk about goal setting. And actually, I have a curriculum that, you know, talks about not only leadership, once again, introducing them to different colleges and taking them on those tours. But as far as time management, it's really when we do our vision board session or week, we just talk about the different ways. That could be a journal. That could be, as you stated, you have your calendar and it has your starting at eight o'clock through 8 p.m. and you're scheduling out that block. So there are just different ways that you can do it. And I try to, because they are teenagers, make sure you have just a lot of stickers and cute stuff because mo most of our mentees are females and they're like, wow. So I can be productive. I can learn something and still have fun. So it's like art therapy. So mainly I focus on the calendar and once again, the goal setting. So those are just a couple of the ways that I help students at Tillman, you know, through Tornado Alley. Okay. So, so what is kind of a vision board? A vision board. A vision board is simply something that helps you with positive visualization. So it's, um, it's normally broken down. I do it by month. So I, I do quarterly. So January, February, March, and I set goals. Uh, do I want to work out more? Do I want to study more if I were a student? If I currently had a 3.0, I want to have that uh, 4.0 by March. So you are taking, and I usually use a poster board. So you're breaking down your year into three months and you're just setting goals. And you normally have a couple of categories. It could be school if you're a student. It could be family. It could be health if you're in your 40s. Um, and I think, honestly, everyone <laughs> needs to, to have a vision board right now because they're so down when it comes to 2020 but guess what this is just one year and you can start planning for 2021 and if that's you know if you fall it off when it comes to your health or if you're not in the gym or if you realize oh my goodness i am not good with this time management thing and i need to be a better example for my students or my kids so that vision board um, just lets you jot down your life and your goals for that whole year. And you can look at it daily or every other day and just stay motivated. Once again, it's that whole positive visualization. And then you have those who you'll have girl groups or schools that do vision board parties. And it's just simply a collage. So you're just taking magazines and you're cutting out pictures. Oh, I see myself in that new house or this type of car. And you're just gluing all these pictures on a board. And once again, you are seeing yourself in a different place, whether it's your mindset, physically, um, state. Um, so yes, that is what a vision board is and it works. Say, that, that, that sounds like an awesome, uh, an awesome training. Now, do, you, do yes. you train other people how to do that? I do actually, I do, yes. All right, I'd like to talk to you about maybe okay. doing something with, uh, with our group. Absolutely. Like that. Absolutely. And I actually, and this is, this is about Frisk, but I do have a consulting company. Um, and that is the, the, our motto, be you with a vision. So. Awesome. Well, there's a, a project we have coming up, which uh, mm -hmm. we'll talk about afterwards. Awesome. Sounds good. <laughs> but, uh, I think it'd be, that could be great. So uh, with, with what you do, and I know starting this, this fall, the, the budget's, 
have for Frisky has been cut significantly. Uh, how has that affected you and how have you had to kind of make uh, different, get over the different hurdles because of that? Because the need's so still there. So with most grants, you're going to expect, you know, cuts and the, the uncertainty. So what I've done is, you know, you have to depend on those community partners now more than ever. And that's one thing about the Paducah community. They are very generous, um, whether it's your small businesses donating to the cause or those larger companies who are having grant opportunities. So honestly, we're good. I have not even stressed or worried about monies because once again, when you oversee a grant, that's just a part of the, the, the game. And so you just have to be prepared of course, manage your money um, effectively and have those relationships with those community partners and it always works out. So and not I, a really big I, change for- I think that really sure. speaks to you though, that you've, you've grown those relationships. Yes. Just because when topic this hit, it's not like all of a sudden it's, everyone is going to different partners saying, hey, or different That's people true. saying, hey, we need money. But the fact That's that they true. have already- are like, all right, we're here for you, what you need, I think yes. really speaks to you've already grown those relationships. And, yes. and for a new uh, Frisk, how would you, or what kind of advice would you give them to start garnering those relationships, start building those? Good question. So the first thing if for those new Frisk coordinators, I would say you need to be involved in your community. And of course, we're in the middle of a pandemic, a pandemic however, when this is over, please, it is necessary to join those local nonprofits, boards, committees, because that is when you're going to have those networking opportunities. And, you know, of course, they talked about that in new coordinators training, the, the importance of community partnership, because that is when you will be in a meeting. And although you're like, oh, my goodness, you guys could have sent this in an email, <laughs> know who you're going to meet there. Right. And they'll say, you know, well, my church is looking to do or I have a small business or I know of. And that's how it happens. And so please, hopefully we, we will not experience another pandemic in our lifetime. But whenever that barrier arises, you know, whether it's financially or just needing resources for your students and families, you'll be able to pick up that business card, dial that number, send that email and it will make your life so much easier. So definitely get involved in the community and let them know what it is that you do, your mission. And most are gonna be familiar with Frisk anyway, but it's something about them knowing your personality and what you stand for. I think it makes it, makes it a little bit easier to write that check. Um, and then, oh, lastly, grant. If you are not skilled when it comes to grant writing, please go Google, call me, um, buy a book, because that has been a lifesaver for $20 Youth Service Center. I supplement our grant every year with our Frisk grant with um, local grants. So that, that has been really, really helpful as well. Yeah, there's, there's so many different grants out there. Yes. And grant writing is not a specialty of mine at all, but I've, I've, <laughs> I've helped with some and, and been part yes. of some. And it's 
the people who are good at it, it's amazing to see them write it because they're like, oh, no, no, this is, this is how you have to say this in this grant, but we need to change right. it over here to this grant to say mm-hmm. this. It's like, that's just, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's too much for me. Uh, but the people who are good at it, it's, it's, it's pretty amazing. Yes. So as we're getting ready to kind of, I guess, go back to, to pretty much virtual for the next few months, mm-hmm. uh, what kind of changes do you think you're seeing Cause in, with your school and I mean, really, for, for you all, it's been a week-by-week week, uh, decisions up to right. this point. Does, right. does it help that they say, hey, all right, for the next two months, we're going to be doing this? And so it's, you have to worry about it for the next two months. Uh, how how's this kind of, in your mind, how has this helped or hurt? I think it honestly helps because you don't have that uncertainty. And, and I'll stick with Frisk because it's like, all right, so that program that was in my uh, continuation program plan, well, that's not going to happen because we can't have more than 10 people there. So that parent involvement activity. So being able to have that two months notice so that way you can go and tweak it or come up with a different game plan so that, you know, one that we can still be effective, but obviously using the virtual format. So for us, it's a good thing. And, I, and I'm thinking I can speak for the teachers as well. You know, you have to prepare, and I wouldn't want to be in their shoes right now. I just wouldn't. But you have to prepare your virtual lessons and then your in-person lesson because, you know, it's a hybrid. We had a hybrid mm-hmm. um, system. So I'm thinking the more notice you give them, the more planning that they can do and the more organized that they'll be and effective they'll be instead of, well, I don't know next week. Let's see. Let's toss a coin. So I think they'll probably, they're probably grateful for the the heads up. Yeah. I think that stability is going to relieve some stress. Yes. Uh, just because yes. like I said, you don't know day to day, week to week, what you're going to be doing, exactly. Exactly. especially when you see the numbers climbing like they were or are pretty scary, pretty scary. So what advice would you uh, give a new Frisk uh, who's coming into this, especially during this, this kind of strange time, what advice would you give to them about kind of with your life lessons and kind of what to look forward to? So I would first off tell them to know their why, to know their purpose, because if you know your why and your purpose, then you are less likely to forget about the the mission of frisk and and why we exist because god knows what we do is super stressful however when you're walking in your purpose and you know your why it just it makes it a little bit easier and then you look at it as i stated earlier we get paid to empower people to help and give hope Um, but at the same time even Some of the veteran coordinators, I think I'm almost considered a veteran coordinator. So this is my eighth year as a coordinator. I don't know. Oh, definitely. That title, but almost there. I would say as a veteran, mid-veteran, I think I just made up something. And then as a rookie, so to speak, self-care. Self-care is something that I think falls by the wayside when it comes to Frisk coordinators, because we go hard and we are putting students and families first. And then we kind of forget that we have to go home and we have families, we have kids. And it's this one saying that you are not going to be the best that you can be or as effective if you're pouring, trying to pour from an empty cup glass. 
So we need to ensure that we're taking care of ourselves so we can love our students and families from that overflow and that we're not getting burnt out. So that is the advice that I would give to not only new coordinators, but just coordinators in general. We have to make sure that we are taking care of ourselves so that we can truly be um, that, that superhero, that rock star and be as effective as, as we can be. And I think, once again, if you know your why and your purpose, I think that is gonna make it a, a beautiful, wonderful journey. Um, it's gonna be stressful. Absolutely. But then it just brings you back to, okay, this is why I'm doing this. And this is why I'm here. Um, once again, is to change lives and make a difference. So. Well, that is incredible advice uh, for new Friskies and for uh, veteran or even mid veteran now right? <laughs> <laughs> as, as well. Well, I do appreciate you being on uh, the podcast today and I do appreciate everything you're doing to help your families. Uh, you truly are a hero. I Thank do want to so say much. just, Thank you very much. Thank you.